0: Just, just remain standing for a moment. How many of you have never heard uh, Asian speaker life in person before? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just what I thought. Your life is gonna change from tonight. Before you're seated, turn around, somebody on your left and right, and say you're gonna like this Chinese boy. We just do it right now. You're gonna like a Chinese boy, a man. Praise God. Please be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Oh, Amen. Yeah, you have white, you have blacks, you have brown. You, now you have yellow. <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah! Praise God! Uh, what a joy and privilege it is to be here tonight with the great pastor Yogan and Leanne. Yeah, hallelujah! Give it up for your pastor! Come on, just give it up for your pastor. Yeah. Woo! Amen. I, I got to let you know, I got to let you know that, that all over the world, outside of the United States, everybody's talking about the great C3 church in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I have known your pastor now easily, easily, must be 15, 20 years, when he was uh, a youth pastor in um, Sydney. And I have no doubt whatsoever, uh, Phil Pringle used to say to me, say, watch out for that guy. The guy and his wife, they're going to change the world. Yeah and here you guys you know everyone's talking about c3 san diego it's like go-to place if you're going to the united states you're going to the west coast you're not talking about going up seattle or san jose or la they all say you gotta go san diego (laughs) (laughs) san diego (laughs) amen and i walked through your corridor just now and saw the range of speakers that you guys have over here just phenomenal and and it's a sign of endorsement a spiritual endorsement from God, that, that you guys are going places, that in years to come, you're going to shake the whole whole world. Yeah, why not, right? <laughs> Cost nothing to dream. Why not? If we're going to shake something, let's shake the world. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Well, I my wife is so excited, or was so excited to come. Uh, she came this time. We're, we're, we're really tired. We're in the middle of uh, a lot of stuff going on in Asia. So this... Uh, It's like our summer rest with my little, I have a nine-year-old son, the only boy. So we want to take him for a holiday. And so uh, she came here and said, what are we going to do this weekend? I said, I'm going to go to San Diego to preach. She said, oh no, you know, I mean, uh, I don't have anything to wear. So she went out yesterday and and bought a dress. (laughs) So, and and last night uh, in LA, my boy was so sick down with 102, uh, coughing through the night. And so I told her, I said, son, I said, uh, you know, you, you better stay with Day and, and, and not come. And so she's kind of disappointed. But I pray this is the beginning of many other visits. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Many other visits. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you know what? Uh, uh, we have Phil Pringle in our church like once every five weeks. I think it's about time we have Yogan Matthias. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna Leanne to come over and shake our town. Uh, Yeah. Amen. Well, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, and the clock. So uh, I look at the time. Hey, I just got some bonus points. It just went up 10 minutes. Wow. (laughs) I must be doing good. I must be doing good. It just went up 10 minutes. I got some credits now. Yeah. Anyway, Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there, and uh, uh, yeah, and and so let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this amazing time we're gonna have tonight. Just pray for this great church, for the leadership, and just ask that you move in a great way from glory to glory in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Amen. Acts one eight. Um, last week, last weekend was Pentecost Sunday and i want to continue with this thought i know it's father's day but this thought on the holy spirit it says you shall receive the power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in jerusalem and all judea and samaria and to the end of the earth so when jesus christ ascended to heaven he sent us the holy spirit now next week or two weeks time we're going to have empower conference right and you can't talk about power we are the holy spirit but sometimes it's really difficult for us to understand who the Holy Spirit is like or what He is like because He can be very mysterious. If you want to know about God, our Heavenly Father, you just go to the Bible. The whole Bible is about Jehovah God, our Father. You want to know about Jesus? Well, you can relate to Him because He came as a man. You can read about His words, His works in the Gospel. You can know what He's like. Jesus Christ, our elder brother. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, He's invisible. You can't see Him. And number two, He doesn't like to talk about Himself. (laughs) He has come to exalt Jesus. So He has come to glorify the Lord. So how do you know somebody who doesn't talk about Himself and you can't see? Well, thank God. The Holy Bible, the Scripture, describes the Holy Spirit in various ways. Yeah. So tonight, uh, I want to share with you, depending on the time, maybe... Five or four to five different descriptions of what the Holy Spirit is like. Number one, He is the Spirit of grace. He is the Spirit of grace. How many of you know we all need the grace of God? Amen. Zechariah 12 and verse 10 And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the Spirit of grace and supplication. The first description that we want to talk about tonight is that He is the Spirit of grace. Now, God loves to help those who are weak. God loves to help those who are in need of Him. That's why the Bible says, Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Yeah? So because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of grace. When He comes upon our lives, well, the impossible can begin to become possible. Uh, let, let, me, let me tell you a little bit of my story. This is the first time I'm here. So you got to hear some Chinese stories, right? you got to hear some Asian stories. Now... In 1986, I I was studying in college back then, and one day I was praying, and the Holy Spirit came into my bedroom during my devotional time and said, Kong, I'm going to use you to bring a revival in Singapore. And now this revival is going to impact Asia. Now, I was attending a 60-member Episcopalian church, (laughs) yeah, an Anglican church. Now, you know, we Anglicans, we are just like one step away from the Roman Catholics. (laughs) I used to go to church, and before I'm seated, I got to do this, right? We are very conservative. We are very small. I I was just a a youth. I I wasn't even a youth leader. You know, my parents were not Christians back then. If you have a small church, it's usually run by a few powerful families. No, they are like the Christian mafia in the small church. (laughs) If your dad and your mom, they are not Christians, they are not in the in-group, Well, you're nobody. I was just a physical arrangement guy. Every single week, I arranged the chairs in the hall, and I keep the chairs. And that's all I I did. And the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to use you. Well, one of the things that I love to do was I love to help my pastor. If my pastor said to me, I need somebody to clean the toilet, I'll be there. If my pastor said, I need someone to do the photocopying, I'll be there. So one day, my, my pastor came, and he said, I'm supposed to do a chapel in the, the main high school of our denomination, but I'm too busy. Can you go in and do the chapel period for me? I said, whoa, I'm not even a preacher. You know, I, I, I don't even know what to say. I was so shy. I was young. I was just a kid. He said, well, just go and share your testimony. These are high school kids. And I said, okay, what am I going to do? Well, talk for seven minutes. So I went in there, I shed on John 10.10. I never forgot, uh, forget that. Jesus came that we can have life and have it more abundantly, right? Seven minutes later, I just felt a prompting. I need to give an order call. I thought maybe just one or two kids would put up their hands. Well, that day, in, in much like a, in a chapel period, like in a hall like this, about 60 young kids put up their hands. I was just amazed. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap. Hallelujah. Out of that came forth a mighty revival that swept through the entire school. Within one year 500 students came to Jesus Christ. You go to the basketball court and and basketball players were praying before they have a game. You go to the football field and footballers were praying just before they played a game. Everywhere there was a rev- I mean people were praying. Kids were coming to Christ. Now the revival began to spread to all the neighborhood schools so before you know it i was banned <laughs> i was stopped by the ministry of education from going to the schools because they say you're too dangerous <laughs> now here i was not even a youth leader a member of 60, mem- uh, 60 congregation episcopalian church and how many of you know it's the grace of god now because i couldn't minister in any minor in the schools uh i, I decided when I finished college, and this is what I did, I spent three years in the Philippines. Let me show you some photos of myself. This, when, this was when I was 22 years old. This when I was 23 years old. I have $20 in my pocket and a backpack, and I traveled throughout the Philippines. I was crazy, but I was not married. You know, I was, I was young, I have acne all under my chin. <laughs> you know, and what have I got to lose? So I took my guitar, my backpack, <laughs> I went all the way from the north to the, to the, to the south, I, I, I took sailboats to the islands to preach. I went to the southern area where uh, Muslims were killing Christians and I was there preaching and preaching. It was an amazing time. <laughs> oh, Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap. <laughs> Why would God pick a nobody? someone who, from a dysfunctional background with low self-esteem, who is so shy and acne all under his chin, <laughs> to preach a gospel. I don't know. It's the grace of God. But how many of you know God likes to use the nobody and makes him into a somebody? <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that God wants to use you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to use you. Come on, stand there right now. Number one, he's the spirit of grace. Number two, He's a spirit of prayer. The more you pray, the more you sense the presence and the power of the Spirit. The more you pray, the more you want to pray. Zechariah 12 verse 10 says, he, I will pour out on the inhabitants of Zion a spirit of supplication. And that means a spirit of prayer. About 15 years ago, I was in Taiwan. I was invited to speak in a youth conference. And the week when i was there i realized that um, the taiwanese churches have an aging congregation the average age of the people in the church was 50 years and above young people were not coming to church i remember i spoke to a british missionary who had worked there for about 10 years and he said well kong don't bother about reaching out to the youth they're not interested in god he said they're only interested in sports and in entertainment now when somebody told me, or somebody tells, would tell me that, that no one is interested in God, I would just reject that. Because how many of you know there's nothing wrong with the message? If, if, there's, if there's a problem, it's the messenger, right? Yeah? Amen? Hallelujah! Woo. On the last day, I was I sitting was in a church van and I was saying goodbye to all the organizers. It was pouring in Taipei. And as I was leaving, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, Kong, I want you to bring a revival among the young people. And through this revival, it's going to hit all the Chinese-speaking people in the world. Now, here I was. This is what? 1999. As I left, I reached Singapore. And I started praying. Holy Spirit, give me a strategy. Tell me what I'm going to do. I got a simple idea. Simple, simple idea. Well, my wife loves to sing. So she's going to produce a pop album, and we are going to use this pop album as a means for evangelism to invite the unchurched to come to our concerts. So my wife would do a, a secular pop concert. At the end of the, sur- uh, at the end of the concert, I would come up and share the tes- uh, she would share a testimony. i will give the order call. Simple strategy. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to do it. <laughs> but you must remember 15 years ago, and we are talking about Asia, conservative, and and so this was a novel, novel idea. Well, my wife did the recording, and signed a deal with Decca Music. Well, after about producing um, the album for, I mean, we worked for about nine months. Uh, uh, album was launched. We sold a few copies, but it was going nowhere. And pretty soon, the album was being placed in the gospel section of the r- of all the retail stores. Now. If she's going to position herself as a gospel singer, then how would our church come to our concerts? Yeah. So I was really feeling a little discouraged. And I was praying one day in, in the hotel room in Taipei and was praying, praying. Holy Spirit came. He said, Kong, get up from your butt. <laughs> Take a, a walk down the streets. And I went prayer walking. So I was walking down the streets of Taipei City, downtown Taipei, ex- this, uh, this is my wife, and I was walking by this departmental store. This is a famous, this is like your Bloomingdale, right, in, in here in the U.S. I was walking by Sogo departmental store. I was walking, I was praying like this, and all of a sudden, I walked by a bookstore that was situated in a basement. I found the Holy Spirit saying to me, Kong, walk right in i said god i don't even read chinese books <laughs> he said just walk in i have a miracle for you i went in and i tried to look intelligent looking at all the chinese characters like whoa i could understand these books one businessman came walking to me tapped me on the shoulder and said hey are you pastor kong he i look at him and i recognized him from previous meetings here in taipei i met him two or three times I said, oh, so nice to see you. He said, well, I'm the bookstore owner. This is my bookstore. Welcome. Can I buy you a coffee in my cafe? So he took me to his coffee shop, and we had a cappuccino. And he said this to me. He said, you know what, Pastor? I hear that your wife came out with an album, and she's thinking of crossing over uh, and use this as a tool for evangelism. But she's not very successful, isn't she? I said, well, yeah, you heard about it, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She said, He said, do you want me to help you? I'm thinking, you are just a small little bookstore owner. What could you do for me? And right then, the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, just shut up and humble yourself <laughs> and listen to this guy. So he said, do you want me to help you get into secular television and secular radio? I'm thinking, yeah, as if you could, yeah. <laughs> right, you know. Uh, We are working with a big music label, and we can't even do it. Anyway, whatever you can, sir, I'll be be very happy if you could help me. He said, you know what? I have a board meeting tomorrow. Will you come to my board meeting? I'm thinking, man, why would I want to come to a board meeting of a bookstore? (laughs) He said, well, are you free or not? I said, all right. Tomorrow morning, I'm free. You want me to come here? He said, no, no, no. My my board meeting is not in this place. My board meeting is across the road at Sogo departmental store. Right there and then, I realized the bookstore was just his hobby. He's the owner of this departmental store. (laughs) And not only one store, he was the owner of the entire chain. In Japan, in China, in Taiwan. So the next morning, I went to the departmental store up on the 11th floor. I opened the door and I walked in. He said, Kong E, sit next to me. I went there. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm sitting next to you. I, yeah. Woo. I sat down. I was surprised. MTV was there. Channel V was there. All the secular networks was there. And the dagger balls was sitting there. So he said, guys, listen up. This young man. Pastors, the most influential Chinese speaking church in the world. I look at him and said, Well, I'm not sure about that, (laughs) but you're the boss. (laughs) He said, If you mess around with him, you mess around with me. You understand? Everybody, now all of them, they're all non Christian. They say, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He said, I said, Do you know he has a vision? His wife wants to. Uh, wants to sing to all the young people and get them saved. You got to make this album successful for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Hey! How many of you know this? He who pays the piper across the tune. They all say, Yes, boss, whatever you need. He said, I want Sun, that's the name of my wife, son on television, on radio, every single day. Because if you don't do it for her, I'm going to remember. Before you know it, son was here, some was there, some was everywhere. <laughs> her concerts were so packed. And people started coming in Taiwan, in Hong Kong, in China, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia. For the glory of God. Come on, give the Lord a big clap. Hallelujah. (laughs) Woo! Amen. Please be seated. Over the next eight years, we have seen hundreds of thousands of young people all throughout Asia coming to Christ because of what we call the crossover project. And you know what? Taiwan, Christian population from less than 3% grew to 10%. It was just amazing. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. How did all these things happen? I'm not so smart. I'm not so well connected. In fact, I'm pretty dumb. (laughs) Yeah? You know, I have to argue with with, with, with the Holy Spirit to walk into the bookstore. But if I hadn't prayed, if the Holy Spirit didn't tell me, we would have flopped right off the gate. But the Holy Spirit is the spirit of prayer. Amen. Number three. Number three. He's a spirit of faith. You say, man, I want to believe. Kong, I really want to believe. But sometimes I don't, don't feel strong enough in my believing. How many of you know Jesus never said you've got to have faith as big as the size of this sanctuary? All you need is faith as little as a mustard seed. But even sometimes we feel our mustard seed of faith is not that big. But the Holy Spirit will help us, and he dropped the gift of faith so that the supernatural can begin to happen. I grew up, like I said, in a 60-member Episcopalian church. Thank God we became charismatic. So I always believe in the Holy Spirit. I always believe in miracles and in healing. I just wasn't sure if God could use me to heal the sick. So I never wanted to lay hands to pray for the sick, because what if you pray and nothing happens? <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> so I say, well, I'm just going to preach. I, I'll be happy just be a preacher, but cut out all those supernatural miracle stuff, you know. I'm, I'm not made for that. That was what I, was, I, was, I, I thought. Well, shortly after I got married, my wife and I, were invited to a conference in Kuala Lumpur, in KL. This is the MCA Hall, the Malaysian Chinese Association Hall. This, this was the meeting. We were pastoring. Our church size was about two hundred people, so we were not the main speakers. We are just a delegate or just delegates seated, just like where you are sitting now tonight. So that night, we all noticed there was one person who was very sick, and he came into the meeting. He had braces all the way from his neck down to his waist, metallic braces to prop himself up. He had leg braces on both legs, and both arms were on crutches. And so when he was walking, he was so metallic, he sounded like RoboCop. Clang, clang, (laughs) clang, 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 clang. We all noticed him. Well, that night, the preacher prayed for everybody except this guy. Maybe he didn't have faith himself. So... At the end of the service, we were all dismissed, and I decided I'm going to get to know my Malaysian brother and sisters. So I'm gonna get to know my friends. Well, I'm starting out, I got to build connections, right? So I shook hands, I was talking to different ones, and I noticed at the corner of my eye, someone was walking toward me. In fact, I could hear him, clang, 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 clang. I turned and looked, lo and behold, sure enough, it was this man. He said, are you a pastor? I said, Yes, I'm a new pastor. <laughs> I, I just got started. <laughs> my heart was pounding. He said, Pastor, you got to lay hands on me. I have degenerative bone disease. I have cancer all over my body. In fact, the cancer has gone into my bones. The doctor has given me three months to live. If I don't have a miracle tonight, I'm going to die. Please lay hands on me and pray for a miracle. When I look at him, I said, sir, I'm just a young pastor. You got to look for some older ones, some senior pastors. He said, I did. They have all gone home. I look around. Sure enough, I was the only guy left. I just got married for six months. And let me tell you, I kid you not. My wife, she's small. She's petite, but she's powerful. So son came and said, look, Kong, you can do this. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. <laughs> woo And she said, sir, don't worry. My husband is powerful. When he prays, your cancer's gone. <laughs> I look at my wife. My, I'm thinking, shut up. Girl, haven't you read in, in the Bible? Say woman should not speak in church. Go ahead and sit behind. <laughs> my Episcopalian roots. But it's too late, too late. Too late. He got me committed. She got me committed. So, man, I laid hands on him. I prayed from Genesis to Revelation. I prayed the best. Like, oh, Shandai, Shandai. God tied my bow tie. I mean, I really prayed. I prayed like what sounded like eternity. And finally, all of a sudden, I felt the spirit of faith. I felt. All of a sudden, how many of you know when the spirit of faith comes, your words carry power. Your tongues become fat. Yeah. All of a sudden there's power. There's authority. I say in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I bind the cancer, be healed in the name of Jesus. And I close my eyes and finally I open one eye to look. This guy went, boom, 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 boom. And there was no catcher behind. And I tell you, it was solid floor. Solid floor, no carpeting, no catcher behind. He went out, kapoom, poom, 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 poom. And I said, Oh my God, OMG. <laughs> he's gonna die and he's not gonna blame the cancer, he's gonna blame me. <laughs> but, but a miracle began to happen. He started shaking his legs, started moving his hands we in three days. He threw the braces away. Totally healed of cancer by the power of God. Come on. Somebody give the Lord a big clap. Somebody shout, Woo! Amen. The last time I met him in Kuala Lumpur, he's still alive, serving as an elder in the Lutheran church. See, when we have... No faith or a little faith. The Holy Spirit comes upon us and pump in the gift of faith. He's the spirit of faith. Number four, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of truth. In fact, the first description Jesus gave the disciples, he says when the comforter, the helper, your paracletos comes, he's going to lead you into all truth. Now, fact is one thing, but truth is another. The fact is, maybe your marriage is on the rock. The fact is, things are pretty messed up at home. The fact is, you're sick in your body. The fact is, you're not doing so well financially. But how many of you know we don't live by fact? We live by the truth of God's Word. His truth says you are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. They are blessed and are coming in, blessed in are going out. We live by the truth. Five years ago, in early March 2009, My wife was going to launch her first debut uh, U.S. album. She'd been working on this for a few years with different producers. And we are planning to take this whole thing to a global level. I mean, from Asian level to a global level. And so, she was going to launch the album and then she got very sick. Early March 2009, she collapsed one day and was rushed to Cedar Sinai in L.A. Um, You see, my wife had five... I had three prior operations in the intestines. The first one was when she was six, and then 16, and then 26. It's like 10 years, 10 years, 10 years. So now, she collapsed. Now, the head of surgery was the man, was the doctor that invented the laparoscopy procedure. He was an elderly man, and he was the guy who has an expert in laparoscopy. She went through a six-hour operation, and the operation failed. She collapsed one week later. And the doctor went through a 10-hour c- operation with her. We started at 2.30, we ended after midnight. When she was wheeled out of the operating room, she was in great pain. She had to be uh, sedated and with a lot of painkillers. And they were pumping morphine into her practically on an hourly basis. Now, how many of you heard of famous band or famous group called the Bee Gees, right? The old group called the Bee Gees. One of the three brothers, Maurice Gibb, died of the exactly the same thing. Yeah, because whenever you, you, you can't open your intestines, well, y- it will never be the same again. And, r- and it's very hard to put them back in the proper order. And the uh, scar tissues will begin to stick to each other. And you have what is called adhesion or abdominal adhesion syndrome. And people die out of that. So the doctor said to me, he said, "You know what, Mr. Kong? I got to level with you. Your wife is in critical condition. We are not sure she's going to get well, and we just got to you just got to pray for the best." Now, 3 weeks after she was in the hospital, uh, I was invited to go to Chicago to preach in in a quite a big church. I didn't want to I didn't want to leave, but I had no choice because TBN was going to broadcast the entire service live that night. So, I had to fly to Chicago. I went there, I preached, I finished. The pastor took me to a green room. He said, Brother Kong, what's wrong with you? You look a little heavy hearted. I said, Pastor, let me tell you, my wife is in critical condition. And we are in need for a miracle. And when I said that, relating to him what was happening, the Holy Spirit came into the room. And then he started prophesying over me. He said, the fact may be, your wife could be dying. But the truth is, right now, as I speak to you, as I speak, he said, I see a vision of the Holy Spirit dispatching an angel. An angel is bringing God's healing to your wife right now. An angel is doing it right now. <laughs> oh, go ahead and give God a big hand. Hallelujah. So, now, he was kind of insisting, kind of a guy. He said, you got to call your wife. We'll call your wife. <laughs> All right, all right. It's ten o'clock in the night. So I was, I went to the car, and I was heading back to the airport, and I called my wife. It's ten o'clock in LA. So I said, I said, honey, I said, I got a word for you. An angel is bringing God's healing power to you right now, and and she said, you know what, Kong? I'm looking at an angel in front of me. I'm looking. at I was like, (laughs) 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 huh. Okay, so let me backtrack a little bit. Phil Pringle is a great preacher, but how many of you know he's a great artist, yeah? Yeah. He did a painting for me on Resurrection Sunday. Mary came to the tomb to look for Jesus, but Jesus was not there. She saw an angel, and this angel said, he's risen, he's not here. So he did this, this painting's huge, it's about this size. This actual size, right? And he delivered it to our house, our home in LA. And my worker took a snapshot and brought it to the hospital and pasted it on the wall across the bed. So when I s- told my wife, I said, an angel is bringing healing. She said, yeah, I'm looking at an angel right, in, right now. Right that day when she said that the power of God came upon her, waves upon waves, and from that moment, she started to get better and was healed and was able to discharge from the hospital. Oh, come on, give the Lord a big hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Woo. <laughs> Amen. Now, the doctor said, head of, of a surgery, the inventor of the laparoscopy procedure, he said it would take s- six months to one year before son could ever get back on her feet to get back into ministry or get back to her singing career. Well, how many of you know when Jesus heals, He does a good job. (laughs) In less than three months, she was back on her feet singing and dancing for the glory of God. Come on, give the Lord a big clap. (laughs) The fact is, my wife was dying. The fact is, she was in critical condition. The fact is, it would take us three, six months to one year to get back on the feet. But the truth is that when Jesus heals, by His stripes, we are healed completely. Oh, come on. get the Lord a big clap. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. Whatever situation you're going through tonight, don't just go by the fact. Don't just go by what you see in your circumstance. The truth of God's Word will carry you through. Number five, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Prophecy. He's the Spirit of Prophecy. Now, in 1995, when this building is called the Suntech Convention Building, it's the number one convention center in Asia, in the Far East. Now, the World Trade Organization, the first WTO, was held over. He, was held here. Your Treasury Secretary came. Your President came. It was a, a convention it's like um, it's like Singapore's staple center except it's a maybe a little bit more classier <laughs> because alright yes yeah 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 that's fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's a big building I was driving along this road with Phil Pringle around this time August I was driving here Because this hotel is just around the corner. And Phil Pringle turned to me. He said, Kong, he says this building, the developer thought they built this for business. But God has prepared this for the church. You're going to use this one day. Now, 995, we were only 800 people. And for me to think, we're going to use the convention center. I mean, it's ridiculous. But how many of you know you never despise a prophecy? So I put it at and my back burner. Forget about it. Just put it in my back burner. Now, 2002, Phil Franco came back to church. We were having our dedication for our new campus. So Phil came. At that time, he was much bigger. <laughs> he came. We just had to put up our new building. So he said, you know, can you imagine this, a church dedication? He said, this building is too small. <laughs> and our dedication service, I want to go up to the stage and tackle him down. (laughs) (laughs) We spent seven years raising money for this building and you say, the building's too small. He said, the building's too small. He said, you gotta think bigger. You gotta think Suntech Convention Center. Oh. Well, Pastor Phil, you're the boss. You can say whatever (laughs) you want. (laughs) Two years later, 2004, we are having our service. We rented our uh, entertainment center at an indoor stadium. And I was standing in the front, and right then, the Holy Spirit came. He said, Kong, I want you to just turn around and look. So I turned around and looked at the entire arena. He said, do you like what you see? I said, of course, Holy Spirit, I love what I see here. Great to have a facility like this, packed with people. He said, I'm going to give you an arena in a downtown area, in the marketplace, for the marketplace, to penetrate the marketplace. Now, you got to understand, Singapore is tiny. We are are 40 miles by 20 miles. 5.1 million people living in a small little island. I mean, we are so small. We have practically no more room. The Holy Spirit said, I'm going to get you a place. So I stood there, and I said, let it be to me according to your word. Now, our campus can take about 2,300. I mean, Jogen's been there before. And, and we were running 15 services. <laughs> we, we have, have 15,000 people. We are running 15 services. And not every service, obviously, is packed. But that's what church is. So we are running services many, many times a week. And Phil Pringle said one thing that was so powerful. He says, vision begins on your knees, but you must end on your feet. So for the next five years... We look at different, different properties. We look at 20 different properties, but none of it work. So shortly after Son came out of the hospital, you know, af- after the whole thing with a stomach, we were driving along Santa Monica one night, and I was telling her, I said, Son, I don't think we are going to find a land. I m- you know, maybe I heard wrongly. It's just not possible for us to find any more land in Singapore to build an arena. And so... Sun turned to me, and right then, the Holy Spirit came upon her, and she prophesied. She said, God is going to give us Suntech Convention Center. I said, are you sure? Because we tried twice. It's not going to happen. And she said, I just sensed the Holy Spirit. Let's stop right now and just call up Singapore and ask them to try again. I never forget that night, because we pulled over by the side of Target's. <laughs> you know, and outside Santa Monica and Brie, And we stopped over, and I called up my number two man. I called him up. It was three, 8 o'clock LA time, 5 o'clock Singapore in the morning. I said, Ping, you got to wake up. My number two guy he said, yes, pastor, it's 5 in the morning. <laughs> I said, you got to, to call up the CEO of Suntech Convention Center and ask them if they are willing to go into co-ownership with City Harvest Church. He said, pastor, we tried. They, they just don't want to do business with a church. I said, the Holy Spirit has said it. Let's just believe God right now for a miracle to happen. I want you to call right now. Yeah? He's the spirit of prophecy. So he called 12 o'clock that day. The CEO said, you know what? We are, we are open to be co-owners with Suntech. Today, we are co-owners of this beautiful convention center called Suntech City. Oh, come on. Give the Lord a big clap. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, you want to clap? Give the Lord a big hand. Whatever the Holy Spirit says, just do, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. That's why I'm so excited for you guys. Pastor Yogan was telling me, just move in here six months. And then you're going to pull down. And I can just see it over here that you guys are going to you're gonna be a mega, mega church. And uh, you're going to shake the world for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can I tell one more story and then I end? Just one more story, just one more story. The Holy Spirit, He's the Spirit of, what have we covered? He's the Spirit of grace, Spirit of prayer, Spirit of faith, Spirit of truth, Spirit of prophecy. Let, Let me end by, He's the Spirit of glory. Now, there's a beautiful verse over here in 1 Peter 4 and verse 14. It says if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. The spirit of glory is like a supernatural Bible. So that when you are being persecuted or you're being opposed, you are reproached for the name of Jesus Christ because you're a believer, you're serving God, you're fulfilling his vision that he's put into your life. Well, this bubble of protection will cover you. I, I will never forget one time I was doing a crusade in Taiwan. As I was preaching, one guy that was a little deranged, and he was demon-possessed, he came out on the stage, and <laughs> the security was kind of shocked because they didn't expect that. He came up, and, and he wanted to punch me. So he, he stumbled to the stage, and this was like 7,000 people in an in arena. And he wanted to hit me. And every time he threw a punch, he just couldn't go further. He he couldn't touch me because it's like a a shield. Now, this is the best I could describe. The Spirit of Glory is like a supernatural bubble that protects you when you're going through a really tough time, when people are accusing you and attacking you. In 2010, we had a big conference in Asia. It's called the Asian Conference, Asia Conference. The morning after the Asia Conference, I was having breakfast with um, Dr. Yonggi Cho. And right in front of Dr. Cho, a local FBI came and arrested me. It was really a traumatic time. Now we were growing as a church, 400 decisions every single week, 32,000 members, co-owners of Suntech Convention. We're sending a mission team out every single day, especially to China, planting one new church every two to three months. For me to to be arrested, what have I done? I'm just a pastor. (laughs) You know, I I don't even have a speeding ticket. (laughs) For the first eight months of my ordeal, I was so traumatized. I was in and out of interrogation. I went to interrogation for two years. And everything you see on on the movies is true. (laughs) I was verbally abused. I was threatened. For the first eight months, I felt so humiliated publicly. I felt so abandoned. I slipped into severe, severe depression. I was so depressed. Twice, I lived in a high-rise apartment in my city. Twice, I stood at the balcony. And I thought to myself, what if I just jump? I mean, I have done enough for the kingdom of God, for Jesus. I mean, if my life ends today, I have lived a full life. So I wanted to jump. Twice I was restrained. I believe God restrained me. My pastor, Dr. Cho, heard about it. So he was in Korea. He said, Kong, you better come up to see me. So I went to Korea to Prayer Mountain. And when I was praying, I was in a room of intercessors. Now I'm on Korean television seven days a week. If you are in the church world, if you are a church leader, you will have watched me on television somehow. You will have heard my name, know my church. This intercessor, she's from the countryside. She is so holy, she never watches TV. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, she's, she's that kind that will not watch television. So she didn't know me from Adam, never heard of me before. She came to me as I was praying, tapped me on my shoulder, said, Brother, are you a pastor? I said, Yes, I am. And right there and then, the Holy Spirit came upon her, and she began to prophesy. She said, You are a pastor. You live on an island at the tip of a peninsula. She has never been outside of Seoul, Korea. She has never been to Singapore, never heard of Singapore. Singapore is an island at the tip of the Malaysian Peninsula. And she said, oh no, I see a vision. You are being arrested. There's an investigation against you. The authorities want to throw you in jail. I see you standing outside the courtroom. Judges are deliberating right now what to do with your future. So he's like reading my mail. And I was really, really intrigued. So I said, tell me, is the Holy Spirit saying anything to me? He said, yeah, Spirit of God has one word for you, one sentence. Pastor, why sunglasses? Why sunglasses? Everyone in the room was shocked, like, what kind of word is that? (laughs) You know, why sunglasses? Nobody understood except me because I felt so humiliated. I felt so abandoned by all. All day long, I wore sunglasses. I wore sunglasses when I went to the mall. I wore sunglasses in the night. 10 o'clock driving home, I wore sunglasses. Listen, I wore sunglasses in my living room. Because this is my way of protecting myself, that somehow, if I can't see you clearly and you can't see me, that somehow I'm, I won't get hurt. The Spirit of God said to me, said Kong, take out your sunglasses, because God wants to see your face. You are the apple of His eye. He is the glory and lifter of your head. And the righteous will not be put to shame. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's give the Lord a big clap. From a man, a man, a man, a man. Why don't we all stand up and give the Lord a big hand? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up and give the Lord a big clap tonight. Just remain standing. From that day, by the way, Tonight, you have probably the first time, could well be the only time in, in your church life, you have an arrested pastor standing in your midst. I'm, I'm out on bail. Tonight, you're listening to the most persecuted guy in the whole world. But from that day, every time I go to court, or I go to the public, I never felt I need to wear sunglasses again. Never felt it. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a big clap. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Let's give it up for the Holy Spirit, His Spirit of glory. It's the glory and lift off our heads. Hallelujah. Tonight I want every eye to close and every head to bow. Tonight we talk about the Holy Spirit as a spirit of grace. He has come to lift up your hands that's drooping down. He has come to strengthen those knees. He loves to help those who are weak. He helps to lift up those who are hopeless. Maybe you're going through a difficult time and you need faith. He's that spirit of faith. He said, "I just have no more strength to pray anymore." He's a spirit of prayer. He said, "By Kong, the fact is, I'm running out of money. The fact is, my family is breaking apart. The fact is, I can't see my future. The fact is, I feel like my whole ministry is going nowhere. It's drying up. The fact is, I'm sick, and I, I don't think I have a. There's a cure out there for me. Those may be the facts." But we don't live by facts, we live by the truth of God's Word. And the spirit of truth will come and strengthen you and bring that healing, that deliverance, that provision. He's the spirit of prophecy. He has come to show you your future. And let me tell you, your future is bright. God is thinking of you every minute of every day. He's here to give you a hope and a great future. And tonight maybe you're going through a tough time some you're, you're taking a stand for your faith, and you're being reproached for that because you're a believer. Maybe, even, maybe you're not going through something like what I'm going through, but friends are saying, hey, you're too fanatical. Maybe your friends are saying or your family are saying, why are you so on fire for God? Why do you believe so much in the Word? And you're being reproached for the name of Jesus Christ. Tonight, the Spirit of glory wants to come upon you. How many of you are here tonight and you say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. I want more of you. Today is Father's Day. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. He's the promise of the Father. And tonight you say, Father, my Heavenly Father, Abba, Father. I want to receive the promise. I want to receive the Holy Spirit more than ever before. In my life. If that's you, wherever you are, when I come to three, we just lift up your hands to say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you.